Hello, welcome to the Family Theology and Me podcast. Today we are talking about how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected our lives. Let's go. Welcome to the first ever Family Theology and Me podcast. I'm your uh, one of your co-hosts, Rick Gardner, and with me is Emily Golboff. That's me. Oh, yes. Sorry. I got distracted again. Um, (laughs) So I'm Emily Goldbaugh, and I'm a stay-at-home mom with five kids. Uh, I have a small photography business, and then my husband, Conrad, is an engineer at Rolls-Royce. So that's kind of basics. Um, I guess we're church planners, kind of, now. Uh, We helped start a a small church about three years ago, Um, and so we do that. He's an elder there. So that's what we do. (laughs) Thank you, Emily. And our other co-host is Travis Hamilton. Hey guys, I'm Travis. Um, I am married and have four kids. Uh, Before this, I've always gone to an office to work. Um, You'll hear how that's changed now. My (laughs) wife, Maranatha, is a pharmacist um, for a a grocery store chain here in Indiana. Um, And I, I go to a local church and serve as uh, youth, youth leader there, um, doing both high school and middle school youth. Thank you, Travis. Uh, and as I mentioned, my name is Rick and I am married. My wife works in the hospital industry. I have two kids. Uh, I, uh, helped Emily plant that church, uh, since I am <laughs> yeah. at different church right now. Uh, and they are called pastor elders. And that is just kind of an inside joke because we talk about that forever. But anyway, uh, <laughs> that's who we are. And, and we look forward to uh, discussing many topics that we hope you enjoy. So our first question today deals with the last three months in the pandemic uh, from COVID-19. And our first mm-hmm. question is this, how has the stay at home order affected you with regard to your daily, your interaction with your daily routine and uh, the daily interaction with your spouse and the daily interaction with your kids, Emily? Uh, oh my goodness. So, um, like I said, we have five kids, four of them are in school. Uh, they go to public school, um, a local public school here. It's just down the street from us. Um, I have, my oldest is 11 and then I, she's fifth grade. My second, uh, is a son. He's eight. He's in third grade. And then I have a set of twins that were in kindergarten and then our youngest is three. So they were all home obviously from school and then um I'm normally here and then I do photo stuff during the day and then have my three-year-old and then everybody was here so we had to figure out how to do school and then we also had two neighbors that started coming down because their parents were working from home so um (laughs) pandemic started I gained two kids (laughs) and uh had to figure out how to homeschool and I am not a structured person by nature at all so it was a little rough (laughs) Um, but I had enough kids. It was kind of easy to set up a kind of a classroom situation, but my husband was also working from home and we live in a 1700 square foot home. So it it was a little squishy, uh, to figure it out. So my husband's office is our bedroom. And then I did school in the living room and the dining room with the kids. Uh, and it went pretty well for the most part, like once we figured out kind of a system, but it was, it was a bit of a change. (laughs) Um, and I realized I actually had a routine that I didn't 
know I had for just getting things done at home and like how I would get work done. And suddenly like I didn't have a computer either because my husband was using that for work. And so we had to kind of work through how like a system for me working late at night or like super early before anyone was up um, just to finish up some editing that I had to do. Um, that was weird. <laughs> uh, I would say for a daily routine in terms of like my relationship with my spouse, it's awesome because he's here. So I get to see him more. Um, and he's, I mean, he's pretty flexible too. Like you guys know Conrad. So he's rolls with the punches pretty well. And, uh, um, everyone's been pretty understanding in his office when the kids, you know, burst in the door and exclaim that they've had a giant poop on the potty while we were potty training or something during some like aerospace call. So everyone's been really uh, understanding <laughs> about that. Um, and like, just even in terms of with the kids, I find since we're here all the time with each other, um, I've actually had to be more intentional about spending time with them because I try to get things accomplished while they're here all the time. Does that make sense? Like, I found at one point I was like not doing things with them that we usually enjoy doing together because I was trying to get things done and get some space instead of finding a way to still maintain those relationships with them. I don't know if that makes sense the way I said that or not, but um, it was they are pretty good self-entertainers. I've realized too, like they've done a pretty good job of like finding things to do. And like, we've had obviously fighting because who doesn't when you have that many people in the same space for so long. But um, I think it's been good in the end to kind of learn how to work through some of that for them to like resolve issues on their own too. So that is a little bit of a change. Is that, did I answer the question that, or did I just ramble? <laughs> no, no, that's good. Uh, so you mentioned you weren't really a structured person, but you found that uh, having the kids home interfered with your daily routine. Yes. Like I didn't know I had a routine you until everyone was always here. <laughs> yeah. And then, so how did you go about, and I think you explained this a little bit, but let's go a little more clearly. How did you go about then when you realized that, hey, I do have a structure, how did you protect that? Or how did you set your day up to accomplish what you needed to get done? So I included them in some of the tasks too. Like mm -hmm. my expectation for what they were contributing to at home, like went up. I was like, okay, this is something I do while you're gone. Everybody's always here. So now every, after dinner, kids are in charge of all of the dishes so that it's done. So instead of me doing that, I could take that time and work on folding laundry and putting it away when Conrad wasn't like in our room. So there's, well, there, there wasn't like a giant pile or something. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of, I included them more in the routine and some more of the household chores <laughs> because I needed the help because yes. I couldn't do it while they weren't here. So, okay. so inclusion of the kids in your daily routine. So Travis, yeah. now uh, Emily is a stay-at-home mom and I am a stay-at-home dad as well. And you're kind of the, the outlier of the trio. Yes. You kind of do both. You, you work <laughs> uh, in an office um, and your wife works well. So you kind of split those duties. So in that question, how have you found that uh, the, the, the stay-at-home order has affected your daily routine uh, and your daily routine as it pertains to your kids and your spouse as well? So, so my, normal, my normal schedule it would be I work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thursday, I am home with the kids. Um, or we have one child at home, three that, would, that are normally in school. Mm -hmm. um, and my wife typically works Monday, Thursday, and the weekends. 
um, this has caused in Monday we would the kids would go to a babysitter um, or they or my parents would come and watch them. Um, so what changed immediately is that nobody was there on Monday, and so I was two days home um, with the children without my wife there, uh, which is not a problem as far as the kids go, but I still have a job to do that is 40 to 50 hours a week, and how do I get that all done while they're mm. there? Um, there were a lot of learning experiences at the beginning. Yeah, there were the kids running in when I was on calls. That was a, that was a real big deal. Um, I can laugh that off and that's not, you know, it was kind of fun at times. Um, and that's still happening. Yesterday I had a meeting with my boss and uh, Karis, one of our, our, our daughter came in and, and she just poked her head in the video and he just laughed and smiled at her and waved at her and talked to her. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, so that worked well. But there was the times of figuring out how do I get my work done when I hear the kids playing outside and I want to be out there with them. And so mm -hmm. it took motivation on my part to um, actually um, stick to it and actually do the work. The first couple of weeks, by two or three o'clock in the afternoon, I heard the kids playing outside and I went and played with them and just hung out with them, which was great. <laughs> then I had a lot more to do because my work didn't stop. Um, and so it was learning to prioritize and you know thinking, because I, at first I thought, oh, I'll just do it tonight. Well, you know, that's from nine till midnight or one. And by that time I was tired and didn't feel like doing anything. And so the work didn't get done. And so I got to put off. Um, it also made me realize that I, I've always, well, I've always known that I'm somewhat of an introvert. Um, so I enjoy my time to myself and there is never time to myself because there are people here all the time um, where, you know, at work, I could close my office door or I could go into my um, cubicle and have some relaxation time to myself. Or sometimes I would go out to eat by myself just to get some time alone. Um, and that doesn't happen. And so uh, funny thing is I found myself willing to go to the grocery store because <laughs> it was one place that I could get out of the house and I could throw my earbuds in, listen to a podcast and tune everything else out and, and, um, and, and just have some alone time. Um, a couple of good things though, we, as we, after we figured out some of those, these routines, um, it's forced my wife and I to have more communication um, because she would be thinking, Travis is home, so he can do this, this, and this when I should be working. Um, and then I tell her, no, I have these meetings. I got to, I have to attend. I can't, can't skip those. Um, so we've had to communicate more, which has been good. Um, and even this week, I'm, I'm like, I'm super busy, um, and I need to get some work done. And, you know, Tuesday, she was working, her schedule has changed during all this. So she was working Tuesday and I was home, but I had meetings all day. And I learned that I need to have things for my kids to do so they're not on TV all, the, all, all day and just watching movies. And that's another thing. Um, I also started when almost every day when I'm home with the kids by myself, I will actually write out a schedule of 8 to 8.30 is this, 8 to 8.30 is breakfast, 
um, 8.30 to 9.30 is laundry because it seems like every day I'm home, we're doing laundry. Um, <laughs> and here, here are the things we expect them to do because when I didn't have that, I would get to the end of the day and what would happen is, oh yeah, we watched three movies. Um, we didn't play with each other. We didn't do anything. We didn't accomplish any work in the house that needed to be done. Um, and it just, you know, just nothing got accomplished. Um, we weren't intentional. Uh, the other thing that we have, we have enjoyed this time because a couple of things, um, big, big things have changed. One is that we've had a lot more family time, whether it's game night or watching Dude Perfect YouTube videos because we have to watch all of those as soon as they come out. Um, or, you know, doing something like that totally as a family. Or it may be me doing something with the boys while my wife plays Barbies with our daughter or something like that. So we've had a lot more intentionality with our time. Uh, the other thing we, we started before the, the COVID pandemic that was just supposed to be leading up to Easter um, was reading a couple chapters of the Bible as a family every night. And the idea was that leading up to Easter, we would read two chapters of the gospel. And by the time we hit Easter, we would have the whole four, all four gospels read. So we did that. Well, after Easter, it just made sense that we continue that on uh, because we're having every meal together and meals aren't, dinners aren't rushed anymore like they used to be because we were a family that had four kids and 14 different activities. So we were gone every night of the week. And so it's really caused us to slow down and, and greatly, actually, I've really enjoyed it minus all the um, finding new routines. Um, <laughs> as far as staying at home, our office is opened up or will open up on Monday and I talked to my boss and I'm not going back. So <gasps> I'm, um, as much as I possibly can, there'll, there'll be meetings I have to go into and for, but um, you know, I'm planning to work from home to keep this same routine that we have right now. So in your case, the pandemic has actually been life changing. Yeah, yeah, it has. Um, it's, it's been really good from, um, from a communication with my wife, from a time of getting more spiritual with the children um, and just making some other, some other habits that are, that are going to be good that we plan to continue even after this. Um, now there, there have been the, it we were very happy when it's warm weather and not raining and the kids can go outside and play because that just makes everything better. Um, there have been, you know, our kids are very much, um, screen addicts that, as soon as we say, do your piano, they get their piano done and they're immediately onto a screen as much as they can. And, you know, we have, we've had to put limits to that as well, fighting, um, the arguing with each other, people just needing to go and be by themselves. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and then it's, it's really helped as we've, it's freed up a little bit that we've been able to hang out with some different people and have, you know, people over mostly outside and, and see a few people, but it's really good that the, the lifestyle has really slowed down. Good. Now, uh, so I also have a schedule and I'll get into that when I answer the question, but I have just a quick question for you, Charles. What happens when the schedule didn't go according to plan? 
Well, it depends who you're talking to. I'm I'm fine with it not going <laughs> to plan because I would do that for work as I would make mm-hmm. a schedule and or a to-do list. Sometimes it would be scheduled out because I'd have meetings and I would try to do things in between. Other times it would just be a to-do list and it never got accomplished. And I went home and I was fine with that. Um, um, my daughter would get the schedule and she's like, or she would be, dad, we're supposed to be on this. And I'm like, well, we changed it. And um, we would just flow, just go with it. Um, but it also, there were certain things that we would make sure we got done that were more important than others. Um, and just, and so we wouldn't, we would not worry too much if the schedule got broken. Mm, That's good. So I, I, like I mentioned, I have a schedule. I, I was gung ho. I, I bought a whiteboard. It's up in the kitchen and has the schedule on it. <laughs> and, and the best thing I can say about that is I'm inconsistent at best. Um, for me, you know, I, Not was, alone. <laughs> I was accustomed to, uh, you know, daughter was in kindergarten four days a week. Son was at school. Uh, so I had, you know, nine to three free. Uh, so my wife, uh, you know, her, her job was not eight to five. So we could do things together and hang out and get things done. Uh, and so, like, as you said, Emily, uh, I, I did not have a schedule set in stone. So when all this mm-hmm. uh, came on, what I've realized with my, myself is that I, I don't have all this free time that I have to do things. Uh, and like when I was in seminary, I'd always say, well, I'll wait and do it at night. Well, you know, by nine o'clock at night after getting the kids to bed and picking up, you're mentally fried and, and you end up not getting it done. Um, but what I have found also is our, our schedule has creeped. So the kids aren't going to bed till later. So that means they're sleeping in later. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I fell into that category as well. Uh, my, my sleep routine has changed. Uh, and unlike, you know, Travis mentioned he was an introvert where he needs time alone. Uh, and my wife is that way. Uh, but I'm the opposite. I'm an extrovert. So I'm always like, Hey, you know, I interaction with people is what helps me. So when my wife's home, I just want to sit and talk or do whatever. Uh, and it is kind of fascinating because she's sitting there just trying to get alone time and I'm sitting there, <laughs> what, what are you doing? But that also, uh, you know, you think you have all this time and you start doing other things and it, it kind of takes away from other things I would like to accomplish during the day. So uh, I keep telling myself over and over again, we got to stick to the schedule. We got to get on a schedule on all this. So that hasn't really helped. But so, what I have found is my biggest, uh, what, what the stay-at-home order really has shown me is the need for that schedule, the need for uh, getting up at a certain time every morning. For me personally, just to get things done before everyone else gets up. Uh, and I really took for granted uh, the built-in schedule that school, public school provided for the kids and then, in essence, provided for me as well. Uh, as opposed to now, it's like, especially when they were doing the homeschooling, the, the, you know, the e-learning, it was, it was always like pulling teeth, sit down and do your homework. I don't want to do it. I'll do it later. And it's like, but yeah, but if you get it done now, you have the rest of the day to do stuff. Um, and I have far too often been at fault at just giving into the screen time uh, to, to, to kind of pacify the kids to let me do whatever I think I need to get done at that moment. Uh, and just hearing your guys' stories is really kind of convicting me like, hey, get a schedule. Say, this is what we're doing when. Because uh, if you do it that way, they end up most of the afternoon with free time to do whatever they want anyway. So uh, with that, uh, we'll move on to the next question. And I'll start with you, Travis. And it's, it's kind of uh, maybe a 
the second part to the first question, but it's mm. more, what have you learned uh, about yourself in general? Uh, what have you learned about yourself and in general during this time? And how has it changed, if at all, how you view uh, yourself, uh, how, how you view your family and, 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 the, and the, how you view your theology? Is it affected the way you uh, view any of that? Um, I answered some of that. I mean, you know, I realized more that I need, I need that alone time. Um, and so just making sure I have that, what I'm still working on there is how to utilize that alone time, um, appropriately or beneficially intentionally. Um, because now I'm like this time right now. Uh, and you know too many times do I go to the screen I mean the reason I'm screen addicts is because I'm a screen addict Yep. Um, that's some of the stuff that I'm still working on. Um, some other things that I've learned is that I'm not as motivated as I thought I was. So I always thought I'm motivated. I love my work. I will get up and do it no matter what happens. Um, I don't have that set time. I can easily sleep in and not get my work done or I can easily fully when my um, um, when my I hear my kids playing, and I have to force myself to be more motivated than because I was just now. Another thing that I've learned as family is that all of the other stuff doesn't matter. Um, so, you know, we have a membership to the zoo, we have a membership to the Children's Museum. Um, those are fun and could be nothing, but they aren't as important as spending quality time. You can have fun as we can going and seeing all of these things. Um, uh, the other thing we've learned is just oh how much food we go through if we yes. eat, if we're all eating at home all the time and how many dishes we go through uh, because we realize we must eat out a lot more than we thought we did because <laughs> um, there are a ton of dishes and a ton of uh, food that we go through all the time. Amen. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, I'll go next and then we'll pass it along to you, Emily. So I think uh, what I have found is just, and, and like I said, I mentioned earlier, just the need for structure. And I came across, uh, I've been reviewing the past couple of days uh, about the slugger and the ant in uh, Proverbs. Uh, and there's a gentleman by the name of Derek Kidner who wrote a very good commentary on that. But one of the things he talks about in that with Proverbs is you know, sluggard is lazy. Uh, and none of us probably say, well, I'm not lazy. I'm not, not doing things, but it also talks, it, it refers to the, that it is also procrastination. Uh, and I have seen something that's what I do, whether that's, um, things I need to get done. I procrastinate and find other things to do. Uh, so that's one thing I've been kind of working through. Um, and just really the need, uh, 
you know, to shepherd the family well as, you know, instead of devices as, hey, let's, let's look at a Bible passage. You know, it, it could be just five minutes a day. Uh, and I've done that a little bit, but like I said, the best that can be said about that is that I'm inconsistent with it. So that, and, and then the other thing I think with, uh, with the, the state homeowners, what you really see is how people really as a church want to get together and, and visit people. Uh, and when that was kind of taken away, I think we realized how important that was. And maybe that's something uh, that we take for granted just because we can do it freely. And that's something else I've been thinking about. But that's kind of what I have. Emily, what about you? Uh, I have things. So, <laughs> um, like, in terms of what I've learned about myself is I have these two extremes, which I've kind of known, I think. Like, I am a very extroverted person. Like, that just feeds my soul, but I also need time alone. So this, I feel like we've been in this weird middle ground because everybody's home um, all the time. And so it's hard to get either of those, like, and, and the kind of, like, I like new people. Like I like meeting people and that kind of extrovert experience. So even just like going to the grocery store, I realized, and just like saying hello to checkout clerks is like a totally new experience. Like you're saying, Travis, you're like, I went just to listen to my podcast. I'm like, I want to go and just say hello to people. <laughs> you have these masks on and like, no one can see the smile. I feel like a robber. Anyway. Um, but like just that dichotomy that lives in me, like I've realized those are two extremes that I definitely need. I need a balance of those two things, um, personally. And then in terms of what the Lord's been teaching me, like, I think there are a lot of things I thought the Bible said, or that I had learned from the Bible that, um, were just, ne weren't necessarily biblical, but just tradition in my church growing up. And so I've come to a point now where I'm kind of examining like beliefs that I've had about a, a wide range of things. And like, is this a biblical view or is this like just kind of the church at large, uh, what it thought, like what I was taught growing up just by the people around me, sort of. So, and a, a whole host of topics. And obviously with the news and things going on in the world, like there are more things coming up where you're like, what does the Bible actually say about this? And how are we going to handle this with our kids? And so my husband and I have had some deeper conversations about that, like, what does the Bible say? And what's our role in this? And so um, I like that we've had this extra space to kind of work out some of those things um, and hopefully lay some foundations in our kids that give them room to ask questions where I feel like that's not something I necessarily had growing up. Um, so, and steer them in the way of the Bible. My mom said this really wise thing to my daughter the other day too. My oldest is like super reader. She reads all the time. And my mom finally was very pointedly looked at her and was like, so are you reading your Bible more than anything else? And my sweet daughter was like, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> and then I was like, oh man, I'm not either. That's probably a problem. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I also love to read. And this is by nature too. I, I love to write. And so this particular time has afforded me toward more time to write more and read more, which I've taken advantage of, not as much as I should have, because we also love movies. Um, but at the same time, I've been doing it more and thinking I should be spending more time in the word than any other thing I'm reading. And I'm not doing that. And so being convicted of that, and it's there, I clearly have more time now than any other time. So why am I not doing it? And it's because I'm not choosing it. And so um, that's something that absolutely needs to change in terms of theology and myself. Um, 
And I find too, like that introverted part of me um, gets fed when I spend more time alone, like reading my Bible and in prayer, which I think is weird because there's a communion there that's happening with the Lord. But at the same time, I feel like there's this quiet that comes and um, I feel rejuvenated every time. So I'm like, oh, this could be the introverted part where I'm like alone, but it's with the Lord. And then I'm ready to do the kid thing most of the day. Well, all of the day, all the 24 hours of the day, <laughs> which is not bad. I love my kids and I love doing that. But again, you know, it's a small space. So <laughs> um, I think we've learned, learned a lot of things um, in terms of teaching the kids to like taking opportunities to show them Jesus. Um, that's something that we're probably pretty good at. I feel like Conrad and I are good at taking making metaphors out of things to share the gospel with them. But where we lack is like Travis, you said, sitting down and reading the Bible with the kids, like of all the things the Shema tells us, like that's what we need to be doing. And I think that's an area where we could do so much better with our people. So, and personally, so it's both of those things for us, but I don't know. Does that answer? I always feel like, did I answer the question? Cause no, I'm a rambler, it, uh, especially now that I'm not around people. <laughs> well, I'll just say, Travis, you're, you're in for the long haul. Cause Emily and I are both ramblers. So we might need it's to true. keep us, keep us on the road. <laughs> uh, but I, I think what you said, so like reading your Bible, we, we seemingly have more time than ever. Uh, and if I were mm -hmm. to ask you how many minutes a day would it take you to read through the Bible in a year? What would you say? It, probably way less than I would like to think it would. <laughs> Well, how many guess? It's not many. I'm sure it's not many. It's not 15. that long of a book. I'd say 15. It, yeah, it's like 12 minutes a day. And See, you read through the much. Bible in, in a year. Um, but, you know, something you said, just it, it, and how much time do we spend, you know, like Travis mentioned, Dude Perfect. I, I got on a binge watch and thing of like that. I, I had never, I guess I maybe I'd seen him before, but stumbled upon him. So I'm like watching it and they're fascinating videos. Um, but how much time are we spending doing other stuff and not reading, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the word of God. And, and it was so true. Just using examples. Like we went to Turkey run and we were in the river and Will's sitting there next to me. And he's like taking these rocks and he's stacking them on top of one another, you know, and they'd fall mm -hmm. down and he's kind of getting frustrated. And I, and, and I, I didn't say it, but I wanted to say, it. I'm like, you know, buddy, when the Israelites would cross rivers or maybe they'd go places, God told them, look, get these rocks and stack them up and this is a monument in remembrance of everything i do to you of everything i've done for you uh, and i think so often mm -hmm. we forget to take those little moments in our kids lives uh to tell them uh you know about the wonderful things god has done um, mm -hmm. so does uh does anyone else have any questions <sighs> for anybody for so me? what is i i i'll ask questions i'll ask, ask questions. both of you jump in I have, yeah. I always have questions. What has been the most surprising thing during all of this for you? What have you been most surprised by? Like uh, the way your kids have reacted or the way things have changed with you and your spouse? Like what has been the biggest surprise during this time? Um, the funny one that my four-year-old knows what the word coronavirus is. <laughs> and he'll, he'll yes. talk about corona, coronavirus and as a four-year-old. Um, yes. So just what they what the what the kids notice and, and understand. Um, probably another another surprise is just how well we do we can get along um, when we 
when we're not tired and we're not grouchy and we're and we're really paying attention and how much we don't need all the other stuff mm-hmm. uh, like i said before the the zoo the children's museum the gymnastics the swimming um we can be self-sufficient just in our family um i think the other thing is how much i as an introvert missing people doesn't come into play nearly as much as as to the two of you but you know not being able to see people from church or now that we we are going back to church but it's like you can't give a handshake or a hug you just have to and you're six feet away from each other and it just it's how much that is missed Hmm. That's terrible. I'm such a hugger. Like I'm going to accidentally <laughs> hug someone when we go back to church. I know it's going to happen. Sorry, Rick, go ahead. Do it in the grocery we, store and see what happens. Yes, yeah. I will. I'll try with the clerk. I miss you. You know what we need to do is we either need to, we need to get like one of those dog cones, you know, just sticks out oh, like this or, or maybe like in the way it just goes out like shame. you bump into people and yeah. you can't do it. Uh, I, I think mm-hmm. I, when you asked the question, I, I wasn't really sure if I had an answer, mm-hmm. but like Travis said, I think just how coronavirus has just become a normalized thing for our kids. And you think about it, they will grow up and it, it, you know, pandemics won't be a big deal, but you know, for us, I mean, it was, it, mm-hmm. it was something that had not happened for a hundred years. Um, but for them, you know, they won't know any better. And, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I liken it like when I was probably Will's age, Ricky Henderson stole 120 bases and broke the major league record for stolen bases. I thought that was just commonplace, you know, and then in, in years going on, you know, no one gets a hundred, you know, but for me, yeah. since that was the first time I, I experienced it. It seemed normative. Um, but the kind of the, the strangest thing for me uh, is probably uh, not the strangest, but what, what I've really seen that has been driven out because of this is the difference in my kids. So like Izzy is probably like me, very outgoing, and and she'll just drop stuff and go find kids to play with. Now, our street is predominantly girls, so it's easy for her. But I mean, she comes up to me when she can't find anyone, and she's like, uh, "Dad, can I go play with Cosmo?" And Cosmo is our neighbor's dog, uh, so she <laughs> wants to go play with the neighbor's dog. Whereas <laughs> my son, he he's a lot more like his mom. He's that introverted, and he can find that happiness just in being by himself. And ultimately, what that kind of manifests itself in is, is screen time and video games. Um, uh, and that's foreign to me because, uh, you know, I'm old and, and, you know, when I was his age, it was Atari. Uh, so <laughs> games never really held, uh, you know, th- it was never that hook that pulled me in. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, I don't understand it a lot like uh, maybe my wife does and say, hey, he needs to put that down and, and get away from it. So. Uh, but that's a great question. Travis, do you have any questions? I don't think so. I, I, I think it's been a good, a good first, uh, first run. First run of this. So. Yeah, I have my thoughts. Yeah. I think it's been well. Um, so uh, uh, it's been good. So do you guys want to say goodbye to everybody? Oh, do we say goodbye? Bye. <laughs> Bye. All right. Thank you <laughs> for joining us uh, <laughs> on the first ever Family Theology and Me podcast. And uh, we hope to see you again next time. Bye. Yay. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and will come back and join us next time for Family Theology and Me.